Strong for the lovely tune. We are back with episode number 25. 25. It's a big number, 25. We actually yeah. we made it to 25 episodes. It's our silver anniversary. Would, would you get me? <laughs> this is Danny Danko, and I am with... Uh, I'm, you're with my cues, as always. We're as bringing always. you free weed live. Well, not live, but in the midst of the High Times office once again. Yes. yes. High Times presents free weed from Danny Danko, episode number 25. This is why we're hot. Anyway, so what do we got going on today, Dick? <laughs> it's going to be pretty epic. We have our my coworker, Mr. Craig, uh, coming on to talk about the Mr. High Times Craig. ad server and a, a few other things that are pretty interesting. We've got Kenny from Tricome Technologies, Kay, who's been in the High Times magazine many times over the years with all kinds of grow experience. Yeah, that's going to be a nice interview. We just yeah. saw him out in, uh, in San Francisco. Yeah, he actually filled in for uh, Kyle Cushman on my panel. He did a great job there, and that was, uh, that was really amazing. We have our cultivation segment, as usual, our strain of the week, our tip of the week, our questions and answers from our listeners and readers, and then we're going to wrap it all up with a bow. We are going to put a bow on it, but before then, we have the whole show, so uh, why don't you guys stick around, and uh, we'll be right back. Stick around. We'll be right back. Mike, we got a bit of uh, uh, strange news, some, some bad news about uh, Harborside Health Center in Oakland and uh, San Jose. Uh, they're being threatened by the government now, by the feds in California, with eviction from, from their center there. Now, if these guys are, are not, you know, are considered to be outside the law, then everyone is outside the law and everyone is a target. And, you know, they just recently won second place at our Cannabis Cup, uh, the San Jose location for uh, CBD, for Lemon Remedy. They treat over 100,000 patients by their own, uh, by their by their numbers. And it's just a great place. I've been there. It's a wonderful facility. They, get, they have free yoga, free counseling, free... Uh, acupuncture, massage, all these things for their patients uh, that they give yeah, back. Yeah, Harborside does it right. I mean, if yeah. they're in violation, then there isn't a, a dispensary out there that isn't. And, you know, we don't know a lot about this yet. We know that uh, Melinda Haig was one of the people who signed the complaint. Yeah. And she's been a real terror for she a medical needs to go. Pot. Obama needs to fire her and fire Michelle Lanhart at the DEA for starters. And, you know, recently Nancy Pelosi even came out in support of the medical marijuana uh, thing so she needs to lean over and and whisper in his ear and and put this stuff to rest. Get rid of Melinda Haig. Get rid of Michelle Leonhardt because they are Bush appointees and they are rogue agents at this point. They're not complying with the Holder Memo and they're not complying with what Obama said when he campaigned, uh, when he said that he would not 
be raiding, uh, you know, these places that are in compliance with state law. Yeah, and we're, we're still waiting for more info to come in, but uh, yeah, let me we're just not going to let this place close. This, they are not closing. If anyone saw Weed Wars uh, last year, the the uh, the reality show, that was Steve D'Angelo, his brother Andrew, uh, Rick Frommer, who we've had on the show a bunch of times. They do it by the books. They do it right. They make a lot of money, but they put it all back in for their patients. And... Uh, you know, if you go there, it's like a bank. It's a beautiful, amazing facility with every edible, every concentrate, uh, tons of choices, really well-informed people, bud tenders. So uh, support Harborside Health Center and do every, anything you can. Yeah, and if, if, I, if I could just read this real quick, uh, you know, from the press release about this incident. Uh, the complaint seeks forfeiture of real estate and improvements on the grounds that cannabis is being distributed on the premises in violation of federal law. Well, that's what every uh, pot dispensary is doing Absolutely. in violation and, of federal law. So, and the uh, the memo that Hogg put out said that uh, you know you had to be less than a thousand, you had to be more than a thousand feet away from a school, which Harborside is. They are not near a school, so they are fully in compliance with uh, with what they should be doing. They are the model for how every place should be. So, if they're in jeopardy. All the places are in jeopardy. So we stand by Harborside. We stand by Steve and, and, and everyone involved with that wonderful organization. Maybe and, we don't know yet, but it could be a case of they're getting too big. You know, he's really in the spotlight, a lot of attention on him, and it's, it's a real shame. Yeah, but that's but. still – that's not cause to close this place down. This is a, a, a model facility for how to distribute cannabis uh, effectively to patients. So, And do we have a – uh, a number uh, where people can contact representatives about this, or uh, we'll, we'll get that and we'll bring it to you later in the show. We'll yeah, I'll put that, that in the info. There's a lot of people out on Facebook right now that are calling the the California DEA office and and demanding that uh, these things be put to an end. We really just want to see uh, places like Harborside flourish. And so when they're held back by this stuff, when they're held back by the tax man, by the uh, credit card companies, by all of these people, those are job creators that are being held back. And those are healers being held back. And so we need to support them. We need to absolutely uh, do everything we can to make sure that place stays open. Absolutely. And, and just one other thing to touch upon before yes. uh, we, we move on here. Uh, on, a, on a happier note, uh, the other day was 710. Why don't you tell right. the people what 710 means July 10th, if they don't know? Uh, well, 710, if you flip it over backwards or whatever, it spells oil. It's a, basically the, the 420 of concentrates and hash oils, BHO and, uh, and all of that. So dabs, as people like to call them, globs. Uh, it's basically sweeping the nation at this point, this phenomenon of, of concentrated oil, hash oil. And, uh, you know, it's for, for you know, serious cannabis enthusiasts and smokers only. This isn't for beginners. But, um, yeah, happy 710 to all the dabbers and globbers. And Man, you heard it here first. Our, uh, I believe it's October issue? October uh, issue. We'll feature a dabs cover, our a first ever. A dab cover and a, and, and a great article's uh, by Bobby and some other people about concentrates. What are they? How are they made? What are the pros and cons? And all of that stuff. So we're really trying to stay on top of that. That's a, a huge phenomenon that's that's growing uh, every day all over the country. And for medical patients, uh, for some people, it's really the only thing that works. So 
uh, Dabba and Dabbers. Absolutely. And, uh, and one more thing before we go, uh, just to put it on the record, uh, there's a new study out. Uh, the Dutch Weed Pass leads to illegal pot sales. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who, what, a, what an unpredictable study that is. Tourists go to Amsterdam to get pot, and if they can't go into the shops, they're going to get it on the street, and they're going to be at the mercy of those street dealers who are usually far less scrupulous, I would say, yeah, than would say. Uh, somebody that's behind a counter and actually accountable uh, to repeat customers coming back and, and ha- needs to be knowledgeable about a menu and all the different effects of the sativas and the indicas rather than just somebody on the street trying to get over and make a a uh, quick deal. So, yeah, just a little bit of background. If you haven't been following, uh, the Netherlands right now is outlawing coffee shops to foreigners, and you have to have a weed pass if you are a citizen to purchase uh, cannabis from a coffee shop. Well, now that hasn't started yet in the city of Amsterdam. Not this in Amsterdam. Is, it's in the southern provinces, the and uh, Amsterdam, I believe, goes into effect. If it goes into effect, it will uh, happen in January 2013. Yeah. But right now, in the southern provinces, uh, illegal sales are up. Shocking. Absolutely. And, and all the more reason sure why we'll you guys should come to the 25th annual High Times Cannabis Cup in Amsterdam in November. Um, those tickets are available now, and that should be quite quite a fun event over there. And who knows uh, whether we'll be back, but we're definitely going to be there this year. And we hope and pray that you know they'll keep these policies from ruining their industry, taking millions of euros out of their economy. So... Twenty um, fifth uh, episode, twenty fifth cannabis cup. All yeah. things come together. That that segment was sloppy as shit, but informative, and that's what I like about it. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be talking to Craig about our ad server and prankdabs.com and more. Stick around. Hey everybody, sorry to interrupt, but here at Free Weed, we have a motto. Give a man a bud, he smokes for a day. Teach a man to grow, he smokes for life. And that is from our friends at BC Northern Lights, our sponsors. And they have been around for the last 10 years making some of the greatest grow boxes on earth. The bloom box, the producer, the mothership, the nursery. These are great investments where you can grow your own free weed. Contact them at bcnorthernlights.com. You can give them a call toll-free at 888 236 one two six six. Check them out. BC Northern Lights. Awesome grow boxes. Great people. Great customer service. That's bcnorthernlights.com. Eight 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 two three six twelve sixty six. Tell them Danny Danko's free weed sent you. Welcome back. Uh, we are privileged to have my colleague Craig on the show. He is the IT director uh, for High Times, basically in charge of all of our, our, uh, you know, electronics. Anything that plugs into the wall. Yeah. <laughs> What's nice, up, nice. including our website and everything else. Welcome, Craig. I'm glad to be here. Good <laughs> awesome, day. awesome. And um, you've been really excited lately about this new High Times ad server. Um, what prompted us? Even even starting to do this sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, we ran into the same problem that I'm sure a lot of your listeners run into. We we have a a pot website. Maybe you've been to it before. It's HighTimes.com, and um, <laughs> we tried to run Google Ads, and 
you know, just to make some extra money, and they just rejected us. They don't like the type of content that we have. So we thought it would be a good idea to just make our own ad network. You know, we figured we're we can be the Google ads of the pot community. So the Google ads of Ganja is going to be high times. We're going to be um, serving ads for people and selling ads to them as well, right? That's right. There's two halves to this program. If you have a blog or any type of website, you can serve ads for us and make money off of your blog. Uh, and the ads should all be cannabis community type ads. You know, these are people who can't get approved on Google ads or don't want to be approved on Google ads. Uh, the other half of the program, um, you can buy advertisements at a reasonable rate from us as little as $10 to load up your account wow. initially actually and advertise whatever you want and those advertisements will be served on cannabis community websites okay so uh, let's say i have a blog um where i do strain reviews or something like that a wordpress blog for as little as 10 bucks i can i can buy into this and i can serve these ads uh well if you had this blog that you're talking about there's two things you might want to do with this one you might want to serve ads for us and make a little bit of extra money you know, to mm -hmm. help ease the costs of your site, maybe even make a lot of money if you have a popular site. Um, the other thing you might want to do is buy ads in the network from us to promote your site to get more people there. Nice. Nice. And people can actually geotarget, like uh, specific yeah, regions and yeah. locations. Yeah, the system allows for geotargeting. Um, so if you have a, let's say, for example, you're throwing a party in San Francisco, you could start for as little as $10 an ad campaign that targets just San Francisco to promote your party. Nice. Oh, that's pretty cool. So there's a multitude of different things people can do with this ad network, um, especially those people who've been rejected from Google ads. Or, or Yeah, I think more than just that, those group of people will benefit, but initially that's, the, that's who we're going for. That's awesome. How, how do people sign up for this? Um, we have the URL hightimesnetwork.com. Uh, you can start an account by going to control.hightimesnetwork.com. And they just fill out your information. That's it. And I mean, it really just kind of walks you through the process. So you decide whether you want to be an advertiser or a publisher or both, right? And move forward from there. And the other interesting thing you were telling me is that people, let's say they buy their ten dollars uh, worth of ads or whatever, um, they can actually pick and choose, you know, what who that gets served to, and and you know, once that ten dollars is used up in the way that they want, you know, they can add more money or they can, uh, you know basically change the ads they, they, that's it's, correct it's, this is a, the system is really set up for the savvy person um, there's a lot of ways that you can tinker on the back end of your ad to make sure you get the most for your money that's really what the bottom line is well that's really cool I hope that uh, all our friends at, at all these uh, wonderful uh, sites that have popped up you know and, and been around for years guys like uh, you know stuff stoners like and and celeb stoner and Hail Mary Jane Hail we're Mary looking for Jane. all these guys that's yeah, exactly I mean, who we're looking for yeah that's awesome and they get they get great traffic so um that's really cool yeah i mean i'm even looking for the guys i haven't even heard of yet you know our band our unsigned band of the week's personal blogs those types of guys too or somebody who have a real opportunity with us here yeah and and apparently one of the first sites uh that's been using this ad service is prankdabs.com <laughs> right oh man yeah yeah it's just a hobby site that we've been working on but yeah that's right um it's like people doing huge dabs, people doing dabs of things that aren't 
uh, actually hash oil. Yeah, it's, it's oil a, porn. It's oil porn. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> wow, cool. I and, mean, and, if you ever want to see a video of somebody doing a three-gram dab of oil or anything like that, that's the place to go and look for it. And that's awesome. Maybe somebody sneaking something down the nail that isn't actually hash and watching their buddies <laughs> choke on it or something. Yeah. <laughs> pretty funny. So, yeah, I guess people check out prankdab.com. <laughs> That sounds really funny there. Um, yeah, and uh, I we just found out today you're also coming with us to Seattle uh, for the Seattle Hemp Fest, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, we'll have a, a few stations set up at our High Times booth at the Seattle Hemp Fest for signing up for the High Times newsletter, also for buying tickets for the upcoming Cannabis Cup in Seattle, which will be one month after the, the Hemp Fest. Nice, nice. Well, I got to tell you, the newsletter is fantastic. Uh, it's one of the finest products this company puts out, I think. It's great. It's great. I got my strain of the week on there. We've had f- uh, free weed on there a few times. It's it's great, and it goes out to a ton of people out on Facebook and yeah, Twitter. Yeah, hey, hey, if you guys out there haven't signed up yet, it's uh, hightimes.com slash newsletter. You can jump on there and sign up for the newsletter or get something every week in your inbox. Yeah, it's cool. It, kind of, it wraps up the pot news of the week and then um, whatever you know we're promoting at High Times and, and interesting stories and it's a it's a great uh, addition to our arsenal of things, including, of course, this podcast. <laughs> cool. So what you're saying is people at Seattle Hemp Fest will be able to purchase tickets for our event a month later, uh, which is the first ever High Times Medical Cannabis Cup in Seattle. Yeah, We're- we want everybody to come by the booth. Uh, come and say hi. You know, we'll, we'll be saying hi all day, I hope. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, we'll have some computer terminals set up, so you, while you're there, you can sign up for the newsletter. Sign up for the ticket. newsletter, buy tickets for the cup that's coming up in just a month from from that date. So, yes. yeah, and what an event Seattle is! You, I know you've never been. Yeah, I've never I, been. I got I'm to go very once. Excited, yeah, uh, you know, hundred over a hundred thousand people. They yeah. added an extra day. Now it's Friday, Saturday, uh, and Sunday. Check it's out really... some of those cold weather Pacific Northwest buds. Yeah, yeah, they have a great <laughs> kind of uh, flavor all their own up there. Uh, from years and years of people growing in the region, and they really know their stuff. All right. Well, thanks so much, Craig, for coming on and uh, chatting about what's going on in the electronics world of High Times Magazine. Yeah, anytime. Anytime, man. Right on. Well, we will be back uh, shortly with Mr. K from Tricome Technologies. Diesel catch, you better check it. On the microphone, I'm leaving carnage and wreckage. Yeah, I'm half-stepping hell now. Hey, you guys, are you wondering where to get seeds reliably? Well, look no further than Ontario Seed Bank. After 10 years of growth, these guys are around for the long haul. They've got all the Cali Connection, Tahoe OG, Deadhead OG, all that stuff. they got Subcool, TGA, Cheesequake, Jilly Bean, all that as well, and a whole line of their own stuff too, as well as Wild Rose and Giant Green Seeds. So take a look at their powerful award winners, Hundreds more are online at OntarioSeedBank.ca and at 416-255-5355. They're in Toronto. They have a storefront. Tell them Danny Danko and Freeweed sent you, and they've got probably a special deal that you might get as well on uh, free delivery on orders over 25 bucks, and you can buy bulk and save large. So check them out, OntarioSeedBank.ca. With the bomb, yeah, they don't really know what's going on Cause it's underneath the ground But I'ma tell you just right now right Kick a while he put me on a mission To put it in your ears if you all can listen I do it with vision Alright, well we are back And we are talking with Kay from Tricome Technologies Now, uh, this 
gentlemen's gardens have been featured in high times many many times um actually chosen as the best grow room in our 25 year history back uh, a few years back so um among many other honors if you've ever seen the articles uh about trichome technologies you definitely understand and uh, and know that kenny has a uh, a higher level of cultivation knowledge than most so welcome welcome Kay. thank you very much for your time yeah, I really appreciate all the fine things you do for the people out there. Thanks. Thank you. And uh, I, I definitely appreciated you f- uh, filling in for Mr. Cushman uh, in a tight spot on a panel that we did out in uh, in the Bay Area at our Cannabis Cup, which was great. And uh, you definitely uh, shined a light on a, a lot of the things that people uh, who are getting into you know, either getting into cultivation of their own or, or getting into bigger type uh, situations that we've been seeing now um, with these warehouse grows and stuff. So that was really cool. Um, I wanted Thank to... Thank you very much. Uh, I'm yeah. honored to be involved in that first and foremost. It was cool. just incredible. Cool. Well, thanks. Um, what do you think are some of the uh, the biggest mistakes that people make when they get started in cannabis cultivation? Uh, on a small scale or a large scale? I mean, let's start. With, let's start with the small scale. With the small scale, I think they they, they underestimate um, the heat that's produced by lights and ballast, etc. So they undersize their ventilation, and usually they they they, they mitigate the filtration. And the filtration is what really you know is the major major gig as far as pulling out all the the, the particulate matter, dust, etc. But also what little of the powdery mildew spores that you can pull out or any of the bugs and disease that you can pull out of the air and stuff. So I think mostly it's just uh, underestimation of the environmental controls that it's really going to take, you know? Mm-hmm. And now what about on a more large scale? On a large scale, that, that really gets into a whole ball of wax because uh, I think the, 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 the strongest thing you have is your foundation, and the foundation of a large-scale facility is your air and water filtration. If you don't have sterilized water, it opens you up for a vector of so many diseases and everything else. And I, I, I see some of these things that are absolutely huge, and that they have completely underestimated, you know, their 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 environmental controls and their water filtration and sterilization. So they end up again with bugs and disease. I mean, I've seen 600 light facilities pulling down plants early because they all had powdery mildew, and I'm like, well, what's the point then? You know. Yeah, that brings us to another another topic that you uh, were enlightening me on as well, which was the true cost of production. Uh, and I'd, I'd like to get an idea of, of, of kind of what, what that means, true cost of production. Absolutely. True cost of production is just as it says, the true cost of production. I mean, in the end, if you have one varietal in a legal situation, say Colorado, and it costs you $12 a gram to produce that varietal, and you end up putting it on the shelf for $9 a gram, you end up throwing, obviously, money away. Anybody can give money away. But to make a successful business model, you you have to, and does that varietal sell? Is it desirable? Everything else, you have to track the sale of that varietal. If that varietal isn't a desirable varietal and it it isn't cost-effective, eliminate it from your shelf, you know? give the customer what they want, track your inventory, track your sales, and, and therefore you know what the customer wants and, and what's selling and stuff. And you know, So from there, you know, you can do questionnaires, ask them what they think of the product and stuff. But, you know, it, it gets down into genetic diversity and stuff like that. Like, you know, do they have the right copy of, of, of the strain that they want? And 
you know, the cost of production is, you know, if you are spending too much money putting dirt into pots by hand when you can have a machine do that and the machine will pay for itself in less than two years, then that's a cost-effective a cost cost expenditure that you can afford because then you free up your labor to do other things in the facility, i.e., uh, you know, preventive maintenance usually, you know, and a lot of these people are so... Um, so uh, ineffective with their use of time that as far as like preventive maintenance isn't really in their genre kind of sort of thing. That's the last thing they think about. They do end up with major, major problems. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one thing that I've, I've noticed too uh, visiting some of these larger facilities is uh, there seems to be a lot of people working and, and, and doing things, but uh, the, the vegging times are, are a lot of times maybe a little bit too long and they've got plants that uh, that could have been vegged, uh, you know, a month less amount of time, and still yielded a, a, a good amount. But um, they're just looking to show these big, impressive plants. Uh, exactly. So, and, and, and you know, a problem with with uh, the industry because it is, you know, never been afforded the luxury of being a legal legal uh, business. Uh, people don't really have the forethought of, you know, um, department heads management, things like that. You know, the clone guy is still rushing over and doing trimming, which, you know, he might rush back to the clone department and bring tests from the trimming department back to the test department. So you should have department heads. You should have, uh, you know, a uh, 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 project manager. You, you should designate, you know, individual tasks. There should be recourse for those tasks. I mean, there should be a clone manager, for instance. The clone manager, he should just do nothing but deal with the clones all day, every day, each day, and, and, and that way he doesn't go to other parts of the facility and reinfect the clones, da-da-da-da-da. So, you know, very few of these facilities are running these things like regular, legitimate businesses. They've still got the mindset of illegal entity, hire your friends, and, and everybody does everything, and a real legitimate business doesn't work that way, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I find it seems like, you know, the learning curve when you're dealing with those type of, that amount of lighting and electricity, uh, if you have a long learning curve, you're really just wasting a ton of money and a lot of people's time and energy on, um, you know, something that's not going to perform at optimum levels. Um, absolutely. In the past five years, I've probably seen about... Mm, Twenty to thirty million dollars wasted in facilities that have been constructed and then destructed because they weren't cost-effective. They couldn't produce quality, quality product and get a quality, quality price to become self-sustainable. And, and one of them, I walked in one day and there was like ten people pushing brooms, and I'm like, "You're on fire! Your, your, your facility is, is, is in flames and it's is sinking." And, and there were so many people walking around in suits doing what they were doing that nobody you know, really realize that they were on fire. It was an amazing thing to see. <laughs> yeah. Um, and how important is carbon dioxide, CO2 uh, injection in grow rooms? Um, well, let's see. You get down to the basic fundamentals of why CO2 is introduced to a, a grow room. And it's basically, um, we were let down by the, the, the lighting industry. The ballast and lights, bulbs themselves create so much heat in, in an indoor environment that it ends up uh, shutting down the stomata on the plant. So the, the greenhouse industry figured out that if they reintroduced high levels of CO2, that the stomata would open back up, 
within those high heat situations, and it would continue to photosynthesize and produce and, 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 and survive. But realistically, if you didn't have high heat situations and stomata didn't close in the first place, you wouldn't really have to have high levels of CO2. I mean, if you look at outdoor plants, nobody's given them high levels of CO2. They've got atmospheric levels. But if you enclose your situation in your grow room and you don't introduce uh, fresh air, i.e. oxygen, uh, more so to, than to the plant, it's to the root system. If you get a tree outside and you put a plastic bag around it and you introduce nothing but CO2 to the root system, the plant will die. So the plant needs oxygen as much as it needs CO2, and, and more so, actually, to deliver you know water and nutrients to the plant. So most people underestimate oxygen. Oxygen is, is, is the most important thing to me, both in the air and the water. I, I highly encourage you. In the root zone oxygen. and in the air? Absolutely. Get dissolved oxygen meters and start measuring your air and your water. But CO2, once you've got those variables uh, controlled, yes, uh, I, I say then and only then do you start introducing CO2. But after all the other variables are perfected, you know? Nice. Well, you also, another uh, of the interesting conversations that we had um, out west was about uh, taking a look at regular agricultural facilities that aren't working with cannabis and adopting some of the techniques that they use. Um, could you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, in today's you know, economy, uh, the people that are producing either ornamentals or food crops, I mean, they, uh, their, their cost, true cost of production is more, more important than you know, ever before with labor and, and fuel costs and everything else. So if you want to see somebody who produces efficiently, go look at your food producer. Go, go call a local greenhouse. Go, go visit them and see how they actually, actually produce in a cost-effective manner. And, you know, there's, there's, you know, people are kind of stuck in the realm of uh, just looking at uh, cannabis-related magazines and stuff like that. There's, there's a whole host of other magazines out there, whether it's uh, uh, greenhouse management and production produced in the United States or... There's uh, Practical Hydroponics from Australia, which is an incredible magazine. I mean, because from each of these situations, you get to hear and read stories about multi-million dollar greenhouses that, you know, are producing tomatoes or what have you that have incurred, incurred major, major problems, major, major setbacks. And you get to hear about their, their, you know, perils and pitfalls and how they climbed back out of the hole kind of sort of thing in today's economy. So. It's an amazing thing to see how regular agriculture works and how they produce very, right. very efficiently, very effectively. Right. And ultimately, I think, it, you know, in a perfect world when uh, we, we have legalized the plant, uh, do you think, I mean, is are greenhouses the way of the future as far as uh, efficiency, uh, carbon footprint, and, and all of that? I think so. I think so in the end. You know, uh, it shouldn't be, you know, acres and acres of outdoor plants because of pest, disease, dust, part, you know, pollutants, so to speak. So it only makes sense that, you know, it would be in a greenhouse situation with light deprivation, supplemental lighting, you know, hopefully high efficiency lighting and, you know, zero waste. You know, there's, there's, there's greenhouses out there that really struggle and strive to, to you know, not use more power than they produce. So that's kind of my model, too, is uh, there was a study done by Lawrence Labs at Berkeley 
the, you know, spoke about the egregious amount of power that's used in the United States to produce cannabis indoors under lights, and I'm just, just appalled at that figure because nowhere else is, is, is a crop produced indoors under lights with so much wasted power, you know. If you have a 200 CFM fan and you restrict it by half, it's not running efficiently. It's overloaded. It's creating extra heat. You know, there's, there's, there's a whole list of things to be addressed in this industry to make these things more efficient, i.e., and, and to lower your cost of production, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um I also wanted to talk a little bit about hash making with you because you've definitely uh, enlightened me, <laughs> enlightened me a lot about the techniques there, uh, in that you know still sort of burgeoning world of sure. of BHO, CO two, all the different uh, solvents people are using now. Um, maybe if you could just expound on that a little bit. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's a fascinating thing. The dab craze really, really has taken off. It's uh, to see, see the, 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 the inhumanity of it, the, the T-shirts, and the, the, the just it, it's really amazing first and foremost. But it, it, it also um, it encourages me to try to figure out other methods and encourage other people to, to look for other methods rather than flammable solvents and fluids and things like that because they are fantastic, fantastic uh, products, but, you know, because they have explosive potential and stuff like that, I, I kind of am a little bit disturbed, so one of my passions right now is trying to figure out organic methods of production rather than solvent methods of production, but uh, it's a fascinating thing to me with the, the, the proliferation of laboratories. Mm -hmm. as well as the proliferation of the real good high-end concentrates because now we can really get to the bottom of the terpenes, the terpenoids, um, you know, their, their, their effects, uh, the separation of, um, because you can go to a lab and, uh, like Halent Laboratories and get, you know, full THC profiles as well as cannabinoid profiles, which we've never had the option of doing before. So you can go, you know, find a wonderful varietal that, 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 that helps you this way. And now you can extract it, send it to the lab, and find out the exact componentry in that, which is really, really amazing. Yeah. Also, the methods of ingestion are really incredible that really enhance the true flavors of the, the, the concentrate itself are amazing. And um, other, like we had spoke, medicinalalchemy.com, that, that company right there has figured out a very simple method for just anybody, you or me, to, to even further purify and, and take the lipids, fats, and waxes, i.e. other contaminants, out of the product. And in the end, you end up with a you know 90% total cannabinoid pro, uh, profile product that, that has literally no carcinogenic effects because you're not burning any kind of waste or anything like that. So it's, the whole industry is in the concentrate realm is fascinating me right now. Yeah, me too. Me too, for sure. And uh, uh, cool. It, is there... Uh is there any place people can check out your work or, or uh, if they wanted uh, to hire you as a consultant to come in and maybe, uh, you know, fix their problems? Uh, how, how do people find out about uh, Trichome Technologies? Right now we're revamping our website and a bunch of other stuff. So I guess the, the best way would be to contact you if that's okay with you. But uh, I do do a lot of consulting for the larger facilities and Arizona's getting ready to give 124 permits out. Um, Washington, D.C. is getting ready to permit, or already permitted six facilities. So 
yes, if you are going to do large-scale production, I am definitely the consultant for you. Cool. Well, uh, I will definitely have people contact me um, and uh, and point them in your direction if they're serious about uh, improving the quality of their grow. Um, I really appreciate that, Danny. Absolutely. Um, so thank you, Kay. Thanks uh, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, again, you know, uh, you know, any articles and all that, please keep us uh, keep us posted for the magazine. Um, thank you so much. Anytime. Anything I can do for you, Danny, anything I can do for the magazine is a pleasure for me. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. We Thanks will be time. back uh, after the break with more cultivation tips. Thank you to Kay from Tricomb Technologies, and we'll see you in a moment. You guys like to vaporize? I love to vaporize. Well, Vaperfection is proud to introduce Vivape 2. This is, the best just got better. This is uh, an incredible vaporizer, under $400. Uh, actually won uh, best vaporizer and product of the year in uh, 2011 Cannabis Cup in Amsterdam. And it's pretty amazing. It's like as if Apple made a vaporizer, basically. They've got uh, touchscreen display, uh, temperature. Everything is right there on that one little screen. It's perfect. And you can visit them at vaporfection.com for immediate delivery of the world's most advanced herbal delivery systems. So experience a cleaner, healthier, smarter approach to vaporization with the Vivape 2 from Vaporfection. Welcome back to High Times Presents Free Weed from Danny Danko. Thank you to Kay from Tricomb Technologies. And this is the cultivation segment, right, Mike? It is indeed. And we're going to start with the strain of the week. As always, we've got... Strain of the week. White Widow. White Widow from Greenhouse Seeds. Now, this one holds a special place in my heart, uh, not the least of which because I used to grow it many years ago. Uh, It won the Cannabis Cup first place in uh, 1995. Right in the thick of the uh, Denko era, <laughs> and uh, it was a dark time. Yeah, it won, and it won, you know, running away because it was so frosty and so good. I mean, that's how it got the name White Widow. This is uh, Brazilian uh, crossed with Indian genetics, and uh, definitely indica dominant strain. I mean, very much uh, indica stature, big buds. Uh, you know, very chunky, but very, very frosty. They really looked like they were dipped in diamond dust. And this was one of the first strains that really uh, drew uh, the connoisseur's eye to, you know, the trichomes and the oils within the trichomes. And the hash that you could make out of White Widow uh, trim is just really, really dank, really nice hash, um, pungent. Uh, very soft product, saturated with a lot of those flavorful essential oils. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot I could continue to say about the White Widow and Will because the bag appeal at that time in 95 for something like this was just amazing. You got a pack from Greenhouse Seeds, uh, and you bring it home, you start some other plants, and yeah, very easy to root, very stable, uh, 
not a lot of funny business with uh, light leaks and hermaphrodism or anything like that. Very stable strain. So, and it's really uh, basically the strain that put greenhouse seeds on the map, uh, along with you know super silver haze on the sativa side. This was like the big, uh, the big bag of peel white widow uh, in 1995, 96, and that in those days this was kind bud, and so a bunch of other strains. Uh, came out of this genetic line as well, White Rhino and uh, Great White Shark and a bunch of other ones, but the White Widow was really the first uh, eight to nine week flowering period, uh, definitely better at nine weeks than eight, and uh, just a really nice, sor- uh, an interesting high because uh, it would come on really strong and then sort of ease into a cleaner stone for several hours. Uh, so, you know, White Widow, a joint of White Widow could keep you high for, for several hours, which uh, at that time and even now is, is pretty important. So cheers to Greenhouse Seeds. Check them out at greenhouseseeds.nl uh, for the White Widow and a number of other, many other award-winning strains, cup winners. Absolutely. And uh, White Widow, along with many other strains, are available on hightimes.com. Go check that out. Every Tuesday, we put a new one up from Dan's uh, Fuel Guide book. Yeah, yeah. So. and you can buy the book at headshop.hightimes.com as well if you want to just see all the strains. There's but, about. But why would you do that? Because we're giving it away for free. Well, one at a time. You can get them <laughs> all at once in the book. Over 150 different strains, so... No, uh, it's, it's a lovely book. Great, glossy, uh, beautiful bud shots in there. So go pick that up, and uh, let's move on to our tip of the week. Yes, absolutely. So the tip of the week, I wanted to talk about air. Uh, in particular, obviously, the air inside the grow room. This is a very important thing that uh, everyone from a closet grow to a huge uh, warehouse needs to concentrate on, Okay. Uh, whether you seal up the room entirely or whether you have an open kind of system, you still need to be very concerned about the air. And this breaks down into basically a few different things. Okay, first thing is the intake. You have to have fresh air coming into the room. Uh, almost every grow room does this in one way or another. Some people seal up the grow room uh, and pump in CO2. Uh, I prefer to bring in fresh air, but it is important to use filtration on your intake. Uh, uh, something as simple as a, a piece of pantyhose on the outside of an intake uh, fan will slow down a lot of the uh, pathogens and bugs and things that might be you might be sucking right into your grow room. And there's even better stuff out there for sure than pantyhose. So it's important to filter that intake air and have plenty of air coming in. Um, Obviously, with intake, you're going to have to have exhaust, and that's the, f- the air that you're bringing out. So bring in your intake uh, low in your room, you know, uh, waist level or further down, and make sure that your exhaust is high up in the room because the heat is going to rise, and all that spent hot air is what you want to exhaust. And you definitely want to exhaust that through a charcoal filter, a activated carbon charcoal filter, no matter what, because that's going to take the odor out of your exhaust. Um, we talked about uh, cooling grow rooms last uh, on the last show, and the same thing I would reiterate: uh, make sure to limit tubing, uh, limit the amount of tubing that you use, and make sure there's no kinks in the tubing, uh, left turns and right turns and 90 degree angles and stuff, because all of those things are going to slow down your fans and uh, put a lot of pressure, add heat, 
uh, to your system. So a nice straight tubing uh, on your exhaust and always filtered through uh, charcoal filtration. Now as to the size of the, t of the uh, fan and filter, you just need to factor in the size of your room. Uh, cubic feet per minute is how the fans are rated and you want to be able to completely remove all the air in your grow room within, I would say, no more than five minutes. You can always do it in less, but no, definitely no more than five minutes. And that brings us to circulation within the room. Because just because you're bringing in air uh, down low and you're you know, removing the hot air up top does not mean that the plants are getting that air. Uh, there's all kinds of funny uh, air patterns that you can notice in your grow room. The most important thing is to circulate the air so that all of the different plants get it. And this is done really just simply with a, a fan, an oscillating fan that can move uh, side to side. Several of them, preferably, uh, depending on the size of your room. But you want to make sure every plant uh, quivers a little bit. Now, you don't want the fan blowing directly onto the plant and just bashing into it. But you do want to make sure that the leaves are moving because the the microsurface, the the area right there at the surface of the leaf, is very important. Uh, and you could have uh, dead spots and areas in your grow room, uh, particularly like back corners and stuff, where the air is just simply not getting back there, and that's going to cause uh, the plant to not be able to transpire and to take in. CO2 and release oxygen and, and all of that. So it's going to slow your growth down a lot. And it's also a place where pests will attack too because uh, they don't have to contend with the moving around that you get from the circulation. So important, circulate the air that you bring in. And uh, the fourth part of the air is CO2. Um, this is carbon dioxide. This is what plants breathe. Um, contrary to what we breathe, we breathe in oxygen and give off CO2. Plants take in CO2 and give off oxygen. So you can raise the level of CO2 in your room. Now, if you have plenty of intake... Uh, Dan's raising the level of CO2 in this room right now. <laughs> Hot air. Well, uh, you know, you can raise it. Typical, typical ambient levels are around 400, 300 parts per million in the air. And if you have a constant flow of air, you don't absolutely have to have added CO2. And there's two ways you can add CO2, basically, uh, to two major ways, and that is with a generator, which actually produces some heat to make the CO2, or with a tank and a regulator. Now, you always want to have uh, a CO2 monitor that tells you, you know, the parts per million in the air at all times, and, you know, you connect that to the regulator if you're using a tank. The tank, the benefits of the tank are that the air is colder. Uh, the CO2 that's coming out is cooler, so you, it's going to actually cool the room a bit as well. Uh, the benefits of the generator is you're using a propane tank, and it's easier to replace than those big bulky gas tanks that can be quite inconspicuous as well. Uh, but if you raise the level in your grow room to around 1,500 parts per million, you will see increased growth, uh, bigger buds, uh, faster growing plants. So a lot of people do that. Uh, it's not it's not an absolute must, but uh, it will produce bulkier plants. I don't think it will produce more resinous plants, but who knows? <laughs> so that is the section on air. Uh, one last thing I would also mention is uh, ha having a f stronger exhaust fan than you have on your intake side 
will create negative pressure, which is really good for a grow room. That way, um, you know, there's more air leaving than coming out, uh, leaving than than coming in, and that way uh, you're not allowing odors to escape. Everything is going out through that exhaust rather than seeping out through cracks or, or any kind of spaces that it could get out. So it's good for odor control to also have that negative pressure as well. All right. Very good. Um, what do you say we move on to uh, our Q&A section? Let's do it. Dear Danko. Dear Danko. Yep. There are two ways for you to get your questions answered by Dan on this show. You could uh, tweet at Danny Danko. Hashtag free weed also works. Or you can email us, freeweed at hightimes.com. We've got a few email questions this week, so let's jump right in here. Uh, DD, love the show. Got a clone bucket going where the roots are uh, constantly misted with water. Is it best to use distilled water, and do you use any type of supplement or other agent in the water to help with rooting? Uh, What do you think? Uh, Well... Um, the bucket systems that people have with, that constantly missed the cut ends of their cuttings are a good way to get roots uh, to induce out of the bottom of, the, of those plants. Uh, as far as adding things to the water, you really don't need much. Uh, a very mild uh, nutrient on the flowering side. Um, a little rooting hormone can't hurt. Uh, as as for distilled water, I don't I don't see any reason to use distilled over any other other form of water. Um, as long as the the cut ends are being misted uh, and aren't allowed to dry out, you're going to eventually get some root uh, production out of the bottom of them. So, uh, if you know, I, it's always good to dip those cut ends into rooting hormone, but a lot of that is going to get washed off by the mist, and it's going to end up in the uh, you know, in the solution that you have in your reservoir. So um, basically, I would say if you just put a quarter strength of your flowering nutrients that you plan to use when you're flowering, then you'll get uh, the best sort of root production. But you can really, you could root plants, uh, cannabis plants, with just plain uh, plain water as long as it's uh, misting that cut end at all times. All right. Thank you, Jake. And uh, moving on, uh, Danny Danko, I've heard every episode of Free Weed two times now because you're <laughs> I've heard every episode of Free Weed two times now because your long breaks between programs. <laughs> sort of a backhanded compliment. Right. Well, hey, hey, listening to the show, that's great. You know, yeah. if, if this was my full-time job, I would be doing, you know, weekly or daily episodes, but uh, you know, it's something that we added to the mix of, of an already busy schedule. So, yes, we do miss a week or two here or there, and uh, sorry about that. But we hope to be uh, on the ball in the future, and uh, c- continued support is the most important thing. So if you guys keep telling your friends and, and keep people coming to the, to, to the SoundCloud, um, we'll keep putting out shows. Anyway, everyone should be like Daniel. Go back and listen to the last episode if there's not a new one up. But to the question, I uh, planted some seeds, got one that came out, gave it 18 hours of light, and uh, fimmed it. That's the fuck I missed technique. Um, when it grew to a foot and a half, it began a non-symmetrical way of growing, which I read as a sign of flowering period. My question is, uh, is this because there's some uh, ruderalis genes, or is it my lighting? I'm using LEDs, nine reds, and four blue. What do you think, Dan? Uh, it could be uh, any one of those factors. Uh, if flowers are forming, then you shouldn't be having a problem. But uh, I've n- I haven't seen plants that were 
uh, in a symmetrical pattern and then switched to an asymmetrical pattern of where the uh, leaves come out of the nodes. So now that is interesting. It could be a, a case of the genetics uh, or it could be uh, lack of light. Uh, LEDs need to be very close to plant tops to be fully effective. So you may want to uh, drop your lights a bit. Uh, but yeah, that's interesting. I've, I haven't heard of a plant switching uh, switching that particular characteristic in mid-grow. All right. Well, uh, there you go, Daniel from Denmark. That was, uh, I guess, non-specific, but hopefully there's some options there. You know, he could lower the lights. He could, uh, you know, he could change a couple of things. So hopefully that helps. And uh, let us know, uh, you know, how it turns out. All right. Moving on. Johnny Feelgood writes, um, what plant do you think I should start with? But before you answer that, he says, if your answer is indica because it's easier to take care of, my question is, if sativa is a little more finicky to grow, what steps should I take to make sure the plant's going in the right direction? Okay. Well, uh, the biggest difference uh, between indicas and sativas is the flowering times and uh, certain growth characteristics. Indicas tend to be uh, shorter and bushier, and sativas tend to stretch a bit more. So if you are growing sativas, it is important to keep the internode lengths as short as possible. Uh, which means keeping the lights nice and low. Uh, you know, if 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 that's going to raise the heat, then you have to deal with the heat. But uh, HID lighting should not be more than a foot and a half away from plant tops. So, uh, you know, lower the lights. Make sure that that internodal spacing is short. Uh, foliar feeding is a good way to make sure the plant stays strong and is able to hold up those branches once they start filling up with uh, with buds. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the longer flowering time means that the feedings are a little bit, uh, a little bit lighter as well. Sativas typically aren't as heavy feeders as indicas. So err on the side of caution when, uh, feeding and watering them and you should be fine. All right. Very good. And actually this next question also comes from Johnny Feelgood and he writes, I'm having a little trouble with some Jack that I got from Seed. So apparently he went with the Sativa after all. Okay. Um, this is a couple weeks later. Uh, the first seed took a long time before it germinated, and uh, now the seedlings are growing very slowly. It's uh, going on three weeks, and they're not even three inches tall. Uh, how do I get these things growing? Okay, well, there's there's not a lot of information there as far as uh you know, how they are growing. Is this indoors? Is it outdoor? Are they under lights? Are they in a greenhouse? So uh, typically we need a little bit more information to diagnose these problems. So when you are asking the questions, um, please be sure to uh, give as much info as possible uh, about the conditions of the grow. Uh, here the situation could be that uh, there's not enough light. Typically when plants uh, are several weeks old and only three inches tall, that's a lack of light that causes that. And, uh, you know, it could also be a combination of factors, overwatering, underwatering, and things like that. But I, I, have, I have to think that uh, the way this sounds is, is that there's just not enough light getting to this plant. So uh, get it under a high-intensity discharge light, like a metal halide or a high-pressure sodium light. Uh, get that light nice and close to the plant, about a foot to a foot and a half away. And hopefully you'll see it uh, sprout out and, and start growing. Now with the jack, that is a sativa, so you are going to get some stretching. Um, but three inches after just a few, uh, uh, three weeks growth is, uh, you know, staggeringly small amount of growth. So something is definitely wrong. Uh, and I believe it's the amount of lighting that's getting to the plant. 
All right. Thanks again, Johnny Feelgood. And uh, again, do follow up with us. Let us know how that's going. That does it for the Q&A. Again, if you want your question answered by Danko on this show, uh, tweet us at Danny Danko, hashtag free weed, or email us freeweed at hightimes.com. We're going to take a little break and uh, come back, put a bow on it. All righty. Stick around. All right, we are back. Mike, is this the wrap? This is the wrap, everybody. Yeah, what do we wrap it up with? Usually raw papers, right? We do wrap it up with raw papers. I always wrap it with raw papers. But Hey, here's a fun fact. Uh, if you guys enjoyed that Oliver Stone cover for our August issue, he was actually smoking raw papers. He was smoking raw papers, and uh, we have video, behind-the-scenes video that's really good at hightimes.com slash oliverstoned. So check out that video. Uh, It's definitely a behind-the-scenes look at the photo shoot with uh, Mr. Oliver Stone, Academy Award-winning director, uh, smoking hella cannabis. That's right. (laughs) So it was pretty awesome. With some raw papers. Yes, absolutely. want to thank everyone on the show. Show number 25, definitely epic for me. Uh, Craig, from HT to talk about the server. Um, Kay from Tricom Technologies, thank you so much. Uh, our sponsors, BC Northern Lights, you guys are awesome. Uh, Ontario Seed Bank, once again, those are the two things you need for, for free weed right there. A grow box and some seeds, and you can make it happen. Um, Vaperfection, thank you so much for jumping on board. Um, definitely enjoy the the Vive Vapes and the My Vapes and all the wonderful vaporizers. And, uh, yeah. Raw Papers, everybody, the uh, strain of the week. Thank you for for being read. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that yeah. was an excellent strain of the week this week. Yeah, that's 25. Uh, put them in the books. And, uh, yeah, we mentioned earlier in the show, you know, with everything going on with Harborside, if you wanted to contact uh, U.S. Attorney Melinda Haig. Haig? Haig, Hog. Hog. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, uh, how, how would you do that, Dan? 415. 436-7200. That's the office number. Be respectful. Uh, be firm. But and but above all, just let them know that you uh, are unhappy with the raids and it's a misuse of your public funds and that you stand with Harborside. And if you don't feel like calling, you can email her at melinda.haig at usdoj.gov. Yes. So, uh, so make that happen, people. Get active. Well, right on, guys. Thank you so much. 25 episodes in, and uh, we're just hitting our stride, like I like to say. So thank you so much for sticking with us. Uh, thank you for enjoying the free weed, and we'll see you again next time. Dot.com.